This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Welcome back to another episode of Sporting Max on Triple One Six SEN, where today I'm joined by Sydney King star Sean Bruce. Welcome to the show, Sean. Uh, it's an absolute honour to have you on uh, live from Sydney. How are you going at the moment? Really good, Max. Thanks for the intro. You're uh, very generous with calling me a star, but um, yeah, thanks for having me on your show. Oh, I've watched you play for the last couple of years um, at the Kings and, you know, under Gaze and um, Will Weaver and Chase Buford and things like that. And especially in these last two years, I've been doing the podcast. It's been, I've been watching you guys. And then I think someone asked me a couple of weeks ago, if you could get someone from the Sydney Kings this was before I knew I was going to get you on. It's like, who would you get? And I was like, oh, Sean Bruce. Like, <laughs> no question. <laughs> because I love your um, intensity at both ends of the floor. Thanks, mate. I really appreciate it. I've got a lot of um, great teammates. So for you to yeah. pick me, it means a lot. <laughs> um, Sean, I'd like to start off with sort of what was your childhood like and what was growing up like for you? Yeah, so I grew up. Um, down the road from you in Horsham in country Victoria. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I lived a pretty quiet life there and a lot of my life revolved around sport, whether it was obviously basketball was involved, but yeah. had a go at everything, Aussie rules, cricket. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to do down in Horsham, but to yeah. play sport with your mates is a big thing. So did a lot of that. And then as I got older, I guess, decided basketball was what I was most passionate about. I, yeah. I really love footy as well, but um, decided to go down the path of basketball. Um, my older brothers were both playing basketball and I guess my oldest brother, Aaron, was playing. And yeah, um, yeah, he moved on to go to the AAS and go to college and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So seeing him do those things really inspired me to choose basketball and to see what I could do with it. So that point in time where you got to make a decision between, you know, football, cricket or basketball, how does that happen for you? Obviously, not just with the passion or was it like you have to choose one sport because with um, other sports guys and basketballs or footballs and things like that, they get to a point in time where you just have to choose one sport and that's your kind of thing, you know? Yeah, for me, I think it was just, I think I just loved basketball more to Mm -hmm. tell you the truth. Like I really like playing footy and, a place like Horsham footy is a lot more popular being a yeah. country town and yeah. all my mates were doing that. But um, yeah, I was playing footy at the time and probably wasn't loving the wet weather of what mm-hmm. the country Victoria gives you in the winter yeah. time. So I um, chose to play more basketball, but yeah, I still love my footy and always kind of think what could have happened if I had gone down that road or not. But um, yeah, had a, have a big love for both sports. I think they're both great. Now, I want to know if this is correct, um, but I believe you played Big V Division 2 um, as a 15-year-old. Uh, what was this like for you? You know, you're competing against men um, as a 15-year-old. Yeah, so I did that, and that was just purely because Horsham had a team in that league, and that was um, – we didn't really have enough kids playing or yeah. numbers to really field teams in all the age groups, so they just always had an open-age team in the Big V. So I got to play in that, but – I thought that was great for me. I, uh, Yeah, like you said, got to play against grown-ups at a young age. And yeah. I think by doing that, you just learn so much more because you're playing against guys with so much more experience. Um, 
And that was really good for me. But I think off the court as well, I think I just got around, got used to being around older people and I was able to mature probably a little bit quicker than other kids that just play with their own age group all the time and, and are around, yeah, people of sim, similar age. So how did an opportunity uh, with the Ballarat Miners come about in, I think it was 2010? Yeah, so after I guess I finished high school in Horsham and playing Big V and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, I had played junior representative stuff for Vic Country and yeah. at under-18s I played against Vic Metro who were coached by Guy Malloy and at the mm-hmm. time he was coaching with the South Dragons and doing a bit with the state teams and then yeah. South Dragons folded and he moved to Ballarat and um, wow. yeah, I was really lucky just to have him as a coach and I just played at under 18 championships against him. So he was familiar with me and he knew kind of Horsham was just down the road. So we got into talking and it was just something to begin with. I was going there just to go there for six months and try to go to college, but I enjoyed it so much there and playing with him that I stayed around and ended up spending three or four years with him. Wow. Uh, We're going to go to a quick break here and we'll continue with Sean on the other side. Back up again. So welcome back from the ad break, Sean. Um, just coming off that Ballarat Miners thing, then you then went on um, to win the Siebel East uh, Golden Hands Award in 2011. What did that mean to you to be recognised as um, an award winner, I guess, uh, in the league and, you know, uh, someone who's got the potential to go a long way in basketball? Yeah, so that award for me was yeah obviously big at the big at the time but I guess it come about was because playing under Guy he kind of told me or set things out to me and we made a plan that if I'm going to make the NBL I've got to be able to set up my teammates and run a team really well and I've got to be able to play defense so to win that award I think it's your assists and steals minus your turnovers so yeah it kind of shows how well you are at running your team and yeah how, how good you are defensively so um yeah, that award, I guess, was just a bit of a cherry on top to that and really showed, I guess, the people at the next level. That's kind of what I did. So it was a bit of a job application for me because yeah. I knew going to the NBL level, I wasn't going to be somebody that walked in and scored 20 mm-hmm. points or be asked yeah. to score 30 points or anything like that. It was it was really about doing the little things and, yeah, being able to set up my teammates, run a team and, yeah, defend at a high level. So then what was that like to, you know, you've got the focus of, uh, both ends of the floor, you know, some players are more um, offensively or defensively focused. Um, was there ever, ever one tar- a point in your career or in the Siebel where you wanted to focus on more so offense or more so defense rather than um, your whole game collectively? Yeah, um, I guess it's been something I've always focused on and I've prided myself on being pretty well-rounded. Um, but I think it was after, yeah, I got to the NBL level and then, went and played for different state teams after that time in Ballarat where mm-hmm. they probably asked me to be more of a scorer and um, do some more things. But up until that mm-hmm. point, I was really just focused on whatever needed to be done. But it wasn't until kind of later on playing in Mackay and now uh, like I went to Rockhampton as well and Logan, mm-hmm. they've kind of asked me to be a bit more of a scorer. So, um, yeah, obviously always prided myself on those other areas, but mm-hmm. I guess – getting older and a bit more mature, I had to focus on other things as well. So as you were sort of coming in uh, to getting a spot with the Cairns Taipans in the NBL, uh, you had a three-day training stint uh, with Melbourne Tigers. 
What did you sort of learn or get most out of that experience? Yeah, I guess that was a pretty big wake up call and mm-hmm. an eye opener for me, I guess. Um, they, at the time, they just had a lot of injuries. So they're calling guys in to come in and train and whatnot. And um, yeah, I came down and spent kind of a week with them. And it just, yeah, like I said, an eye opener showed me how big of a jump it is for that next level. Um, just physically, physically and how skilled they were. So it was perfect for me at that time because I was then going back into another Siebel season. So I could really um, take that little experience and put it into my game back at the Siebel level and um, really motivated me to really train a bit harder and I knew I had a lot to learn. So then when you came into the Kent Taipans uh, for the 2013-2014 season um, as a development player, how did you find sort of coming into the team, um, you know, in a different state away from home? Yeah, I remember just the biggest thing was I was really excited. I was, as a kid, um, yeah, I always said once I chose I wanted to, well, before I even really said I wanted to go down the path of being a basketball, I always had a goal to play in the NBL. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was really excited. But similar thing to my experience that I just said with the little training stint with Melbourne, like, my first couple of months there were really hard. I felt like, yeah, I just had to learn on the fly, but I also, yeah, got my butt kicked a lot at training. I wasn't, yeah. didn't feel like I was very good and I really had to learn a lot. So um, it was an exciting experience, but a really big learning experience when I was, yeah, in those first few months being a development player. But um, for me, it was, yeah, living out a dream. So I was really, really excited. So then coming into that, I guess, sort of, 14-15 season he's made you've made the grand final and, and and his minor premieres but not winning that championship can you take me through the series and the heartbreak um of not quite getting uh, to where you want to go and win the championship yeah so um for starters that season was unbelievable like going into it at like similar to the Cairns type ends now I guess they yeah. never predicted to really win or they're up against the bigger cities in Sydney and Melbourne and stuff. So we went into that season. No one was predicting us to do anything. And we kind of turned a lot of heads. And I think our record at the end of that season set some records at the time. But, um, yeah, that series, um, obviously super disappointing. Um, mm-hmm. Cairns had just been to a grand final kind of two or three years before. So the excitement around a small town or a small regional city like Cairns was unbelievable. Yeah. So to be a part of that was really cool. Um, but you could feel that city was like begging for a championship to come there. Yeah. Like they're, <laughs> they're up against these big names. We're playing the breakers who had won so many titles before us. And mm. yeah, there was exciting excitement. And um, yeah, in the end, we obviously didn't get it done. We got beat on a, um game winning shot which was mm-hmm. a tough way to go out but at the same time I think it was a great learning experience for me just not to take that moment for granted because mm-hmm. it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I got back to that same situation with the Kings so mm. they don't come around too often those opportunities and and that was a big learning curve for me so how do you get past that um and move I guess into the next season yeah it was tough I think the thing in that off season was um we wanted to return everyone again and a place like Cairns we had two really good imports Scotty Wilbekin and Tory Craig at the time that they were doing absolutely everything to return those guys but because they'd 
kind of come out and done so well, they're obviously getting offers from all around the world that both yeah. those guys are going on to do huge things now. But there was a moment in time they were going to come back and we we're all going to try to do it again. But yeah. that didn't happen. Um, we brought some other guys in and still great players. Um, but the focus was like, yeah, let's run it back and have another crack again. Yeah. But we couldn't quite bring everyone back, unfortunately. Um, and then, yeah, we just didn't quite get there the next season. What was that like to play with someone um, who's now got NBA experience like Tori Craig? Yeah, it was really cool. I think the the coolest part of what, about Tori and what he was like was he never had his eyes set on the NBA, I felt like. He, mm -hmm. he may have in his own life or talking to his own people but to us he was just so grateful to be in Cairns and be here in Australia and mm -hmm. he really just lived in the moment of there and did really well and then just kept moving forward in his career it wasn't something where he was looking too far ahead that he wanted to be back in the states or back in the NBA so that was the biggest part I took away from playing with Tori that yeah he just lived in the moment and, and did really well with that. I want to talk about sort of briefly um, now, leading up to Christmas in 2015, you became, I guess, a more, sort of more dominant player um, in the team. You know, you guys had players out. Um, then you had four four games uh, with 10 or more points. How did that help you, I guess, to take the lead um, and become a leader and improve? Yeah, I think that, like, obviously the year before we had that grand final year, so I was playing a role in that team and I was – I was getting more and more confident, but that little stretch where like our lead guard, Marco Starks got injured. So mm -hmm. really I was thrown in the deep end that there's no other choice but to play me. And I had to really either step up and, and play better and take on those more minutes and more opportunities or um, yeah, kind of a sink or swim situation. And I was lucky to play well and, and be ready to go. But um I think I was lucky, like my coach at the time, Fernie, was really good with preparing us and mm -hmm. he always kind of harped on us that you never know when your next opportunity is going to come or when you got to stand up for more. So mm -hmm. I think I worked pretty hard and I was ready for that moment and, and that was the biggest thing. Um, so then why did you decide, I guess, to go to Brisbane uh, and play there? Was it, you know, sort of to gain your confidence a bit or some more minutes or...? Yeah, um, that decision for me, it was really tough because I obviously had just kind of kept getting better and better in cans and, and really loved playing for Fernie. Um, so the decision for me, the biggest part about it was um, just being able to explore options in the offseason. Um, mm -hmm. At that time when you played in Cairns, it was either play NBL 1 North with the Marlins yeah. or you kind of just had to um, stay around and train. And at, at that time... Yeah, I kind of wanted to explore other options during the off-season. I really love playing for the Taipans and um, really wanted to stay and play for them, but not having that ability to return home to Victoria or mm -hmm. go on and plan for other clubs at that level um, yeah. was something that I wanted to do. So I had to make the move. And obviously at the time, it was an exciting opportunity with the Bullets to um, start fresh with a new club and... Mm -hmm. um, at the time, the national coach was there and they were building a good roster. So it was an exciting opportunity that aligned with the other things I had going on. What was it like to play under someone like Andre Lamanis? Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. It was a learning experience for me. Um, obviously, you did things differently to what my previous coaches did. And mm -hmm. 
I probably didn't realize it at the time, but stepping away now from that environment, I feel like I learned a lot playing under him. Um, yeah, there's no question that um, the success the Boomers are having is because of what Andre did as a coach kind of leading up to this last um, Olympics. So, um, yeah, it's a privilege to play for a coach like that and learn from him. You guys went uh, overseas to America for the NBL cross NBA games uh, where you guys versus the Phoenix Suns. What was it like to verse NBA guys and, uh, you know, experience that American atmosphere? Yeah, it was something that I never thought I'd ever possibly do, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It was like I grew up playing NBA Live on the Playstations and the video yeah. games and stuff, and that's as close as I'd get. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and going and doing it, that's what it felt like to me. Like it was such a blur. And when I was out there and they have the show going on at an NBA game, it's it's something different. But once the actual game got started and the ball got thrown up, it felt like another game. But yeah. in terms of traveling over there first class and doing things that I guess NBA players do regularly was yeah. just, yeah, it was kind of out of this world for me. Uh, now, in the next few years, I guess you played – um, for the Wellington Saints in the NZNBL uh, and in Malaysia, how do you find playing overseas? And do you notice a difference between, you know, when you're overseas compared to, say, when you're in Cairns playing, you know, in a state? Yeah, so I guess those little stints that I had overseas, although they're close to home, um, yeah, it was just a good experience for me. I think the basketball was what it was, but just seeing different places and different cultures and stuff, I thought, was yeah a great experience for me really enjoyed mm -hmm. my time with both those teams but um yeah I think the biggest thing is just experience and getting out of my comfort zone a little bit and mm -hmm. not just playing state league in the off season and going experiencing something else so with the Wellington Saints I believe you got to the grand final but couldn't win that championship once again um what's that like to experience that heartbreak you know you experience that I guess sort of three times over your career where you can't get um the championship yeah no it's tough it doesn't get any easier um mm -hmm. yeah I was lucky probably back you mentioned it before the big v days I won some championships with Horsham that I'm still hanging on to yeah but um no obviously it's tough um had a really good team in Wellington and it was kind of out of us and Southland who we lost to we both had two really strong teams and mm -hmm. that game again it comes down to the last shot on the buzzer mm -hmm. kind of thing um just close games that could go either way. So I guess appreciate getting there and the moments, but um, yeah, obviously no, only one team can win. So mm -hmm. we get back on the horse and get back to work and try to do it again soon. So then play with the Adelaide 36ers um, for a couple of games stint um, as a replacement player for Ramon Moore. How do you find a situation where you come into a team um have to adjust to their play and their style of plays and things like that and knowing that you're only there for a few games. Yeah, so it's um, that's an interesting situation to be in for sure and it's the only time I've had to do it. But I'm pretty, I was pretty lucky that one, Joey Wright, the coach there, plays a pretty free-flowing style and he doesn't yeah. – um, his system really trusts players to make reads and um, – yeah, not be bogged down in structures and things like that. Although he does have structure, he really just trusts you to go be a player. So that that itself helped. Um, 
But in terms of your structures and stuff like that, I think I'm pretty lucky. I watch most games in the NBL. When I was playing, I'd obviously mm-hmm. played against Joey's teams a lot. So I understood a lot of the concepts he did before going in there. So that made things easier yeah. a little bit. Um, and then the last thing was just I had a couple of mates on that team. Um, Nathan Sobey's one of my closer friends, and, mm-hmm. and he was playing for the 36s at the time. So those kind of three things made the transition a bit easier. But, um, yeah, it is a tough situation. You'd go on into a team that's um, – for me, it was they were three quarters through the season and their last six or seven games depended if they made playoffs. So when you go in, you don't want to mess it up. You want to yeah. just contribute positively as much as you can. And, and that's all I try to really do and that's what I had on my mind. So how did the opportunity of going – um, and playing alongside Kevin Lish at the Sydney Kings come about? Yeah, so that kind of come, obviously, after that stint in Adelaide. I finished the season as an injury replacement and, um, yeah, did okay. I didn't set the world on fire there by any means, but um, it just so happened Sydney had a position available that um, in their backcourt, they obviously had already signed Casper, had Kevin, so... Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be too much opportunity there, but they just needed some solid players that they could bring off the bench. And I guess they saw that I could do that. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, as that season went on and once I got there, Kev went down with an injury and I really went from no expectation to then having expectations to play a lot more and contribute a lot more. So I was really lucky with that situation and the opportunities that arose there, even if it meant that. My mate Kev went down with an injury and um, mm-hmm. we didn't have him playing as much. Now, that grand final series against the Perth Wildcats in 2020 was a tough one because um, I think it was 2-1. There was maybe a game or so left uh, or two games or something like that left in the series. And it was a much – it was the start of COVID, so it was a heavily COVID-affected series. How did yeah. – what's your perspective um, on that series and – what was that time like? You know, were you guys in bubbles or trying to stay safe and things like that? Yeah, so it was at the, like you said, the really beginning of COVID. And that was the biggest thing is that we had international players, we had international coaches. And with what was going on around the world, like countries were shutting down and borders were shutting and stuff like that. So I just remember at the time, there was a lot of stress from those guys that, one in two weeks when this series finishes, they may not be able to get home to see loved ones. Like we don't even know health wise, whether guys can go see families after this or not, or if contracting the virus, what would happen? So there was so much uncertainty and stress around it. Um, And that was, yeah, I just remember it being stressful, but um, I guess in terms of the series, it was, yeah, it was great to be a part of. I think it was two high level teams playing and, going through that a series making adjustments like Perth come and beat us game one and we make some adjustments and beat them game two over there and yeah they come back and do the same again so um I'd like to say that we could have kept making adjustments and maybe mm-hmm. beat them out in the fifth game but um yeah obviously it got shut down and credit to them they were up 2-1 and and what happened from that is has happened now but I th- think just being a part of it it was super high level and and something that I'm grateful that I've got to experience and, and yeah, play on that level. We'll quickly go to another short break and we'll be back here in a second with Sean Bruce. Welcome back from the break, Sean. Uh, just I want to get into sort of NBL 22 
how do you prepare um, for a game in this season? There's a lot of uncertainties. Um, you know, like you've, men- uh, you've mentioned before, um, you know, s- schedules can be um, postponed or a different opposition. We've seen that multiple times throughout uh, NBL 22 already. How do you get yourself prepared um, for a game this year? Yeah, no, it's it's tough so far. I think there was one week over the New Year period we prepared for kind of three different teams in the one week. We started off, we're going to go play Illawarra, and then it was Cairns and Tassie. So it was day-to-day. We're walking into training, not knowing who we played that weekend. So um, for us players, we kind of spend the whole week preparing for a team and then go play them. So mm-hmm. we've had to adjust to that now and really just, um, yeah, take it as it comes. We know. We've got this team that's scheduled now, but something could change. So I guess we're just yeah. got to be adaptable as it comes. And a lot of it comes down to then just focusing on sharpening what we can do and what we can control within our team and mm-hmm. probably not worrying as much about the opposition until it's for certain we're going to play them. And sometimes that can be the day of the game or, or a day before. So I went to the NBL Blitz um, this year. It was a great series. What's it like to, you know, play with someone, um, an explosive center and score and um, defensive player like Jarrell Martin? Yeah, no, it's great. I love playing with Rel. He's um, obviously a great player that you guys see, but he's a great teammate as well and, mm. and someone we really enjoy being around. But, yeah, there's obviously a lot that he can do on the basketball court that, that helps us be successful and, and we really appreciate Rel as a teammate and player and, um, yeah, some of the stuff he's doing this season, the dunks and stuff he's having, you just, it's hard to believe that someone that yeah. big doing the stuff he's doing. It's um, cool to see. Um, what's it like having a new head coach, Chase Buford, uh, in the house um, this season, especially um, Will Weaver's gone. He's, um, you know, gone to the uh, NBA at the Houston Rockets. And then you've had Adam Ford in, who was a fantastic coach to get you through. Um, the rest of NBL 21. Now yeah. Chase Buford comes in, um, won a championship with the Milwaukee Bucks, brings that championship mindset and mentality and experience across um, to the Sydney Kings. What's the first, I guess, few months um, of the season and prior to the season in training and things like that with him been like? Yeah, well, I guess going back, like adjusting to a new coach is something that we've got used to a little bit there. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. we've had three coaches now, but for Chase, I think just his energy that he brings daily and the energy he wants us to play with is at a really high level and mm-hmm. he brings that every day as a coach and he's in drills flying around and and playing and, he, yeah, you'd mm-hmm. think he was playing some weeks how much he's in yeah. practice and <laughs> he's handling the ball and guarding us, but he's motivating us and, and that's mm-hmm. a big thing with how he coaches is, yeah, getting his hands dirty and, um, yeah, he motivates us a lot, but the energy that he, he brings and the energy he wants us to play with is what stood out for me. Now, you've versed the Illawarra Hawks a couple of times uh, in the rivalry this year. It's the rivalry everyone loves. Um, I, there's, two, there's two rivalries um, in the NBL, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix and Melbourne United and then the Sydney Kings and Illawarra Hawks. I reckon the Sydney Kings and Illawarra Hawks um, rivalry at the moment is probably the top one in Australia. <laughs> What's the, what's the atmosphere and energy like on court um, when those kind of games take place and then what we've seen over the last few games between you two teams? 
Yeah, no, there's obviously a bit of feeling in those games. Um, I think what makes it cool is that obviously uh, Wollongong's only an hour, hour and a half away from Sydney, so our yeah. fans can get down there and um, vice versa. Their fans get up the up the freeway and come and watch them play at Kudos. So that's a cool part of it, that you're kind of in an environment. You might be in your home environment, but they got fans in there and you don't get that very much around the NBL because of the distance between teams. Yeah, You go play in Perth and you might have five or ten Kings fans, where if you go play in Illawarra, there's can be 200, 300 yeah. <laughs> fans down there. So it's kind of fun going into each other's environments and, mm-hmm. and having that atmosphere and having that support. But in terms of playing, I think, um, yeah, it's really, I guess, there's a lot goes into it in terms of pumping it up in the media and stuff. Yeah. But when we're out there and playing, it's just another game that we want to win and that both teams are just treating like another game, I think. But um, the lead up and the atmosphere the fans bring is definitely different. Um, so what are your expectations um, for finishing this season? You know, um, are you guys planning to make top two finals or try and make it to the grand final and um, win the championship? Yeah, no, there's no no question we want to win a championship. I think obviously to do that, you've got to qualify for the finals and mm-hmm. just getting that top four first, I think anything can happen from there. But um yeah, I think if you, yeah, you, when you're playing for the Sydney Kings, it's it's championships or nothing kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. the expectation with playing here, and um, all us players know that, and that's what we're thriving for. And um, yeah, obviously in this early part of the season, had a lot happen. We've had some Im- imports go down with injuries, and mm-hmm. um, we might we'll have one getting replaced now that's got a long term injury. So yet to get settled a little bit, but I think throughout as the season goes on and how we finish the season will be a lot different to how we're how we're kind of traveling right now we're gonna have a quick break and get back to sean bruce on the other side back with sean bruce uh sean i want to know what playing in leagues um like the nbl one um and the seabull and qbl like you mentioned rockhampton and logan thunder and with the mckay meteors what has that those experiences I guess over your career done for you yeah it's the the big part of it of it is you get to go down there and kind of push the boundaries of who you are as a player because at this level I think a lot of us guys are playing a role and have to do that to kind of fit into the team we're playing with at the NBL level where the expectations for us when we go down to that level is obviously to kind of run the team or or be a bigger player than what we may be here in terms of our production and how much we're playing and stuff. So for me, I've got to work on a lot going down to that level. Um, like I mentioned, certain teams have asked me to score a hell of a lot more than I've been asked to at the NBL level. So I've got to go down there and experience playing that kind of role. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the end of the day too, it gives us something to kind of be involved with 12 months of the year. So we get to yeah. go play in that league and stay in shape and, and come back to our NBL teams in good shape and ready to go. Um, so what was it like this year or this season playing with the Logan Thunder in the NBL One North? Yeah, it was really good. Um, played with one of my good mates, Mitch Young. Um, he's an ex-NBL player and um, also had Jeremy Kendall playing, who was an ex-NBL guy. So yeah. 
had a lot of um, talent, a lot of experience. And, um, yeah, the team did really well. Um, finished the regular season on top and unfortunately went down in a knockout semi. Um, come across a, a good team from Cairns who had a really good night and um, beat us on our home floor, which, which was a bummer. But as a whole, the season was a lot of fun, just playing with those guys and being a part of a team that was really talented. So how do you go about coming up against someone like Matthew Delivered over this season? Um, how do you try and score on him? How do you try and um, defend him? I mean, both of you guys are kind of alike. You know, you've both got that intensity at both ends of the floor. Um, so how do you go about trying to stop him? Yeah, um, it's funny that, like, the thing with Delhi, I think what he does so well is get everyone else involved. So you kind of... When you're playing against Delhi, although he can definitely score and he's shown that with the game he's just recently had against Illawarra and yep. different times. But I think his biggest impacts the the way he makes others around him better. So you're kind of trying to limit that and how he sees the floor, kind of mix it up with him. Um, yeah, he can find guys, he can set screens, he can do a lot that really impacts the game. And, and that's what makes Delhi so good. He, he does a lot of things that go, go unnoticed and he's somebody that, yeah, like you said, we, we kind of play the game similar and, and I've looked up to him, although we're similar age, he's obviously done things at a really high level mm -hmm. um, overseas. And yeah, I think he's done a great job and I think he adds a lot of value, not only to United, but any team that he's played for. Uh, Sean, what would be your best advice uh, to anyone who wants to become uh, a professional basketballer and be successful and make the NBA like yourself? Um, I think that there's a lot, but I think the biggest thing is to not take no for an answer. If, yeah, you might uh, find a coach that doesn't maybe like how you play or um, a team you don't get selected on, but don't let that determine how you go about the next thing. And maybe it's sometimes finding a coach that kind of suits your game style or how you play or... yeah just trying again on another team or trying again. Like there's always, if it's something that you really want to do, you just got to keep working and, and keep persistent. And there'll always be a, be a chance for a guy that, that hangs in there and keeps working hard. Thanks Sean for coming on today. You know, putting aside 40 minutes or 50 minutes or so of your time uh, to come in and have a chat. It's been a pleasure and an honor and best of luck uh, for the rest of the season. No worries, man. Thanks a lot. I know you've had some big names on the show, so it's a privilege for me to be on here, mate. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. Stay tuned, everyone, next week for some more Sporting Max. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM.